Voices of Simsis is the podcast of the Symbolic Systems Program at Stanford University. Each episode, you'll hear from a student, faculty, or alumnus related to symbolic systems, which is the interdisciplinary study of the relationship between minds, machines, and the world. This episode, our guest is John Liu, a symbolic systems major concentrating in decision-making and rationality. He'll be interviewed by Lucas Hornsby, another student, about his entrepreneurial endeavors and how symbolic systems has supported them, as well as his perspective as an international student pursuing an unconventional interdisciplinary major. I'm Jenny Z, an advising fellow of the Symbolic Systems Program, and this is Voices of Simsis. Okay, so I'm John. I'm a senior at Stanford, um, originally from the UK, from Stratford-upon-Avon, so not London. It's like two hours north of London. Um, So I originally came to the US for college because I wanted more breadth in what I was studying. Um, In the UK, you choose one subject and you stick to that for all three years of your undergrad, whereas I knew that by coming to America, I could you know, be able to do a wide range of disciplines and then potentially decide later on what I actually wanted to focus on. Um, I eventually settled on symbolic systems at Stanford. Actually, I decided like pretty much my first quarter um, because it resonated with me. I knew I wanted to do something somewhat technical, but also with like a bit of a qualitative edge to it. So yeah, that's a bit about me. I think I'm quite lucky in that I I think I'm one of the few people at Stanford who came in knowing what major I wanted to do and then I've stuck to that all four years so I I started ticking off major requirements my first quarter Um, and I think the thought process behind it was pretty simple to me like I was just looking through the major page and I knew I didn't want to do straight computer science but at the same time I also knew that I wanted to be able to code and supplement that with some sort of humanities discipline and obviously symbolic systems is very niche to Stanford but when I saw that there was also you know the psychology the philosophy the linguistics involved disciplines that I'm not very familiar with but I also saw that it was kind of in small chunks um so there wasn't really the chance that if I didn't like one of those supplementary disciplines I would have to slog it out for a long time. So I thought it was this, it was a pretty safe bet for what I wanted to do in my interests. And I also knew that eventually, because um, I think when you think about your career, you have to be very realistic about what your strengths are. And I always knew that my strengths wouldn't be in the technical side, even though I wanted to have that as my background. So I also wanted to have, you know, a, another facet to my education. So I wasn't putting all my eggs in tech because I knew eventually when it came down to it and you lined me up against all the other Stanford graduates, I would not come out on top in tech, but maybe be able to really thrive in the flip side, Um, you know, more of the business side or more of the qualitative side of of my career. So I thought SimSys was a good kind of middle ground for that. Thanks, John, for that introduction and for talking a little bit about how you landed on Simpsis. Um, I know you've done a lot of different things and taken a lot of interesting classes at Stanford, but I'm wondering what has been your favorite class you've taken for Simpsis? 
um, my favorite class actually was the intro class, Simsis 1, even though I don't think it was the best to organize, I really found it very satisfying because I took it after I'd already taken quite a few other requirements. I found it very exciting to see it tie Simsis all together. Um, before, I think you learn all of these different disciplines that don't really seem like they have anything to do with each other and through Simsis 1 it was really cool to see the big picture of things. Even though it was hard to, to identify how I would actually apply that to industry, which I think is pretty telling in most Simpsons majors going into software roles anyway, um, because it didn't really give you a tangible sense of like what career you would actually go into specifically with a Simpsons degree. Um, and also, I actually really enjoyed Linguistics 1. I don't think it was the best taught class, but the material was really interesting because language is something that is ubiquitous, like you, you hear people speak every day and just going into things that I think were specific to American culture too, like African-American vernacular and English um, was really interesting because that I took that my, my so sophomore year and I was still getting to know, you know, being in a new country and the cultural elements that played into language I thought was super interesting too. So. So you've done some pretty cool entrepreneurial projects, uh, including what you did last summer and what you're working on now. Could you maybe elaborate on the, those two different ventures um, and then maybe talk about uh, whether Simsys has helped you in those roles or in entrepreneurship in general or at least piqued your interest in that? Um, so last summer, I was really lucky. I managed to get um, an entrepreneur in residence position at ZX Ventures which is the venture capital arm of Anheuser-Busch. They, they are the biggest beverage um, corporation in the world. They do like Bud Light, Budweiser, Stella Artois, Coronas, etc. Um, Nasty Lights. Um, so that was really cool. The project over the summer was essentially they gave me um, some money as seed funding and I went away with a co-founder. She was an MBA student and we started our own alcohol company. Um, so that was a really, really great process, I thought, because it gave me a crash course in a few things. Um, firstly, always deferring to the consumer, because obviously in entrepreneurship, sometimes, you know, you're the one that comes up with the idea. And a lot of people just run with their idea. But at the end of the day, without consumers, you don't have a business. So I thought that was a really good lesson in you know, really having to go out there and talk to people on the streets and constantly iterating on the product we were making, which was an alcoholic beverage. Um, and whenever we had team conflicts, the perfect resolution was to go out and talk to people. Um, and usually that would resolve things for us. So I think that's just a general lesson I've learned for life too. Um, but conflict resolution is usually more straightforward than just like duking it out with the other person um, and right now I'm taking what I learned through that accelerator because what I realized was I really enjoyed the process of creating the product marketing the product you know taking it to market and kind of developing a long-term um, vision for it but I didn't want to be an alcohol but I've always had 
um, a personal passion and interest in food. So um, I have started a company called Oat Chips, <laughs> which is pretty straightforward. It's just chips made from oats and water and salt and olive oil. But um, it's really jumping on the trend of simplicity and transparency that we found from talking to consumers um, during the course of starting the, the, the drinks company. And it's also really exciting because now, you know, I've, I've kind of seen off what I did last summer. Um, they're starting to sell that drink in Safeway in LA. So it's really cool to have that kind of out the way and to be able to start something new and, and see that through. Um, and in terms of how Simsis got me here, I don't know, I think it goes back to my, my initial reasons for wanting to do Simsis. I always knew, like I mentioned, that I wasn't going to be in the super technical side of things, but I do think that parts of the major have given me more of an analytical outlook on things. Um, so for example, the logic classes um, really teach you to break down problems into their constituent parts. And I will say that that's something I don't think I was very good at in high school. I was always looking at the big picture and then would really stress out and not really know where to go from there and have to really like put a lot of brain power into drawing out a map of like how I would get to my end goal. Whereas I think by doing Simsys and having to constantly do P-sets where it is very big picture and like theoretical, but you have to be able to like go through steps to get that. Um, I think Linguistics 138, Semantics and Pragmatics is another example of a class that really taught me that. I think I've got better at um, problem solving, which is always, I think, a lot more tangible, that problems are a lot more tangible when you're starting your own thing. Um, and in terms of food, I think that's just um, you know, my personal interest that I managed to incorporate into what I'm doing, which is always what I wanted to do, but never thought it'd be possible until now. So John, as you know, I'm Brazilian, and I know that in Brazil, higher education is a lot more rigid, and that you have to choose what you want to study when you apply, and you're pretty much stuck with that. And there's also a more direct line between your chosen major and the profession that you go into after. Whereas the U.S., I feel like, has more flexibility in what and how people study and like what they do afterwards. And my understanding is that most places, including Britain, um, are more similar to Brazil than the U.S. Um, have you faced any particular challenges explaining what you study to people, other cultural barriers related to your education? Yeah, this is actually really interesting because I was just home last week and I've been in the US for long enough that I didn't really think about the cultural differences as much. Um, and I think, you know, now that I'm about to graduate, I was getting a lot of questions about that head on and it made me remember like what it, what it was like a couple years ago when, when people kept asking those questions. And I think it's a two-pronged thing. It's like a cultural difference as well as just like a professional difference between the two countries. Um, so culturally, I think in England, people in general are just more reserved. They aren't as excited about change and about new things. Um, for better or for worse, I do think it's a lot safer in England for a lot of people who are starting out in their careers because there's a lot less risk taking. But 
in general, there's more of a set path that you're following. Whereas in the US, a lot of people, you know, will try and do entrepreneurship and lose it all. Um, so what I found, I think when I went home, was that a lot of people couldn't really grasp the fact that I had like done internships that were more than just like waiting tables or bartending over the summer firstly, because that's what most of my friends said. That's what people generally do at home. Um, and yeah, there is also the element that people didn't really understand what I was studying. Like I think the way I break Simpsons down to people at home is that it's applying computer science to understanding and modeling the brain. Like I've said that so many times to people now and they're always like, oh wow, cool. Like, <laughs> what do you do? And then I'll always follow up and be like, oh, it's like Siri or Alexa. Like you're literally making stuff like that. Um, but I think they still always have a really tough time like grasping what I'd actually be doing. And then when I tell them that now I wanna, you know, now I'm starting oat chips or like, otherwise if that doesn't work out, I might be going into a marketing slash business role. It's very confusing because they're just like, didn't you just waste your four year degree? Um, so I do think there's a cultural um, difference in America and that a lot of careers, like you said, don't really follow linearly on from your major. Um, but I also think that that is a trap that a lot of people can fall into here because in England, I feel like when you're applying to college, you kind of know, you have a rough outline, you know, of what you want to do afterwards. So you're choosing a subject to lead into that. So a lot of people give it a lot more thought. They think a lot more about what they want to do as a career. Whereas in the US, what I found is that there's a lot of deferring, deferring, deferring. Like you don't ever really make a definitive decision until you graduate. And even then it's always very flaky. It's like a lot of people will go into consulting because they know it buys them even more time, you know? Um, so that they're the main differences I found. And I've got to the point where I just don't really like explain to people from home anymore because I feel like it's a matter of eventually they'll understand when I have something to show for it. But right now I can just work on it myself and like I, I don't need like my parents to, to understand or like know what I'm doing, you know? It's very much, I, I think it's just a lot more palatable for people when you have like tangible successes that I'm happy waiting for those to happen to like show people at home what's going on as opposed to trying to justify like why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like I think going to America was the first step in that. That really confused people. So it's kind of like, I think after that, I know now that it's more about letting what you're doing speak for itself than like having to justify things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that makes sense. That's a very interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, let's see, I mean, maybe to wrap up, um, do you have any advice for um, a first or second year Simpsons major that like you wish you had when you were at that point? Yes. Always refer back to your hopes and dreams and aspirations from when you were young. Like what from before you had like more societal expectations placed on you for example, you know, before you came to Stanford and heard about consulting or software engineering at Google, think about what you actually wanted to do when you were younger, because oftentimes I think that's a really good reference point 
for what you actually could do after graduating. Um, so for example, I always knew when I was younger that I wanted to work in food or music and have that intersect with tech. But when I came to Stanford, I got caught up, I think, in like the consulting recruiting cycle for a couple years. Um, or really wanted to work in Silicon Valley for a bit. And it's funny because I think now I've deferred back to what I always wanted to do, um, but it definitely took a bit of time to get there. I will also say like, I think in general, just really consider your competitive advantages as a person and your situation. So one thing that personally really baffles me is that a lot of people I know are in a great position to be doing entrepreneurship, um, which is what they want to do. But they're really worried about taking a risk and they're like, oh, maybe I should do a certain career for a couple years um, and get to know my industry, etc., etc." But these are also the same people who have houses in Palo Alto, who have the lowest risk profile um, out there to be starting a company. And if it fails, they still you know, have their resources here. And if you compare, if, if you have a passion, for example, for an entrepreneurship and you're comparing your situation to someone else who might have to like move to the country and like really be scrappy to find somewhere to live, like you have it a lot better and you're in a great position to be doing that now rather than deferring and deferring because ultimately like the more you defer, you're just prolonging your successes. Um, why not do it now? So I, I think that's my main advice to Simpsons majors, but also younger students is just like, why not now? Like, I think people are just really scared to take the plunge. But if you really think about it, you have, a, most people have a lot less to lose than other people. So you are in a perf like perfect position to be winning in whatever you're trying to do. Which is, I think, like what I realized. I realized that if O-Chips fails, <laughs> I can always just move back to England with my parents for a hot sec and figure things out, which is a very privileged position to be in. But that means there's no reason not to try. <laughs>